0: The following is an exclusive presentation of Use Radio KMAN, your home
1: for K-State Athletics. This is Wildcat Insight with the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson and Mitch Fortner.
2: The season started September 4th, AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, home of the Dallas Cowboys. The season will end tomorrow night. January 4th against the LSU Tigers at NRG Stadium, the home of the Houston Texans. I'm Mitch Fortner here with Wildcat Insider on News Radio KMAN from the Miller Outdoor Theater just south of downtown Houston. And to my left is the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. Also joining us on the show today is Troy Coverdale. 537 1350 is the number if you want to join us. Uh, we're gonna hear for we're gonna be here for the two hours here in uh, downtown Houston, Texas. We're right at the site of where the Pep Rally just took place. It was right here on K-Man. And the gentleman to my left, the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson, got to host it. So we're, we're kinda here uh, where the show's ran. You know, the soundboard is over here, that's where we're all plugged in, but kind of behind where all the seating is which has like a uh, a canopy over the top behind us is this big grassy knoll how many people do you think were here was it pretty full
3: well, I thought it was really full we didn't have all the seats down low but but to be honest with you it's a little bit cool here i mean i know uh, the people in manhattan are going to be mad at me for saying this it's a little bit coolish here and they were much more comfortable on the the knoll so a lot of them stayed up there but i don't know what you guys would guess but i'm going to say maybe a couple of thousand or so
0: it, it was yeah it was it was good group and they were involved really from the beginning they were yeah. yeah
3: it was a different pep rally for us um and and just in a little bit of the feedback since we ended at about 345 or 350 or what have you i, I think they like the interaction with with the players mm-hmm. uh, a lot I, I got several of those in just a matter of minutes uh, the kids were great. they're they're very excited about the ball game. It's finally here. It's been a long long wait Mitch as you as you documented uh, uh, so yeah, it's been it's been a long season. It's been an up and down season. It's been fun. Uh, time to finish it off and let's see if we can do it the right way tomorrow night.
2: Noah Johnson was pretty funny. K State Center he comes <laughs> yeah. up and one of the line he delivers is if you smell and he drug out the smell. yeah, what the cats are cooking for those that don't know who he was referencing there, the rock. Dwayne Johnson from back in the day, when in his wrestling days. That <laughs> yep. was his old tagline, if you smell it, the Rock is cooking. But the Cats are going to try to brew up a victory tomorrow against LSU. Before we get there, I do actually want to talk K-State men's basketball with sure. you first because they start Saturday on the road in Big 12 play, their first Big 12 matchup of the year. These three transfers are actually two because no Marquise Noel, but they're getting that first taste of Big 12 play down in Oklahoma, which... COVID issues did come into play. No Marquise Noel for K-State. And then the Sooners are missing three players, including their best player, tanner groves but that was a game k-state got down early they're down 15 at one point and they're trying to claw back we've seen that before but what would you say were the takeaways
3: well i think getting down early is is where you start they've got to figure out a way to to minimize that some they've been getting down double digits way too regularly so i I think you have to start there And, and then next of course is they did not play well in the entire first half with one exception and that exception was Mark Smith. And Mark had by far his best game, not only of his K-State career, but maybe of his entire career, which includes stops at Mizzou and Illinois. Um, boy, he, he was, I mean, 25-16-5. and five. Are you kidding? He was just insanely good. And once K-State got a little rhythm going in the second half, he kept going. But then Masood and, and Nigel joined him. And all of a sudden, it's a game. You know, K-State tied it at 65, and you're thinking, well, they have a shot here. Now, give Oklahoma credit. Harkless was really good late. A couple of others, too, but Harkless made two really big hoops.
2: Yeah, that was a thing. He was starting to hit some threes, and he's
3: not exactly the best shooter. Correct.
2: For Oklahoma. And he started to hit shots, and he was kind of the one, yeah, keeping... K State away from maybe getting that lead finally. yeah uh, And then K State ends up losing that game by just two points, 71 69, when the ball did go in the hoop at the buzzer, but it wasn't a, a shot to tie the game, unfortunately, right. for K State. But you mentioned Mark Smith, and his line was phenomenal. As a matter of fact, it was so good, the 25 points, 16 rebounds. He's the first cat to reach 25 points, 15 rebounds since. A guy that played just one year at K-State, but he was an All-American in Michael Beasley. That was in 2008, the last time a Cat ever did that. It, it, it surprised me just a little bit. Maybe somebody one game didn't jump up to those kind of numbers. But Mark Smith, he comes in for just this, you know, he's the Missouri guy. He comes over, and also DeJuan Gordon comes goes from K-State to Missouri. You kind of feel like the Cats have won the trade there. But he has been, in my opinion... One of the best players K State has had this season consistently.
3: A couple of things come to mind to, to augment your point. He went into the game, Mitch, and and keep in mind now this is a three man who is basically six foot four, and he's a, a thick bodied guy. He's not he's not like a Xavier Snead leaper jumper. You know, superior athletic. I'm not saying he's not athletic, but he's not six seven doing that kind of stuff. So he goes in averaging seven point nine and gets sixteen boards. And yes, you're right. Groves was out. That was a factor, no question. But uh, I, I will profess to you <laughs> that Oklahoma had a pretty good guy in in filling in for Groves. Now they didn't start him. They they started the Asanza kid. But I, I've always thought that Ethan Shagwa can play, and I think we saw that on on a, on that stage Saturday night. So. Oklahoma may have been short a couple of more players, but I wouldn't make the argument that K-State missed their one every bit as much, if not more, than Oklahoma missed their three. How's that?
2: Yeah, it's kind of funny. Oklahoma, the yeah. one of the biggest guys is out for K-State. Their smallest guy is out, but they kind of bring the same kind of thing sure. to the table for both teams. Are energy guys? Yeah, they, I think K-State would have loved Marquise Noel in this game to just try to spark the offense when they needed. To get something going, also, I mean, he's five seven, but he'll go out and grab a rebound at a time where K State was not getting rebounds when they should, because Oklahoma offensive boards was killing K State yeah. there in that first half. I think
3: the the most frustrating part, really, was that, and I, I kind of touched on it earlier, but I'm going to maybe say it with a little more force here. I think Mark Smith was the one guy that showed up really ready to go Saturday night. The others, it took some time to catch up. And when it, when you boil all of the water out
0: of it, that cost K-State the game. One of the things I think that stood out to me was that he wasn't forcing himself, though, in that role. Right. He was taking that role because it was there. Yeah. And Oklahoma was allowing him to be able to do that defensively. Yeah. And, and he was also, <laughs> as as he was having
3: success, you could see him... And this happens to all players, whether you're Michael Jordan or whether you're Wyatt or Mitch or whatever. When when you get into a role like that, you're confident. It's just it's a natural Mm -hmm. thing. It goes up, and so now you're expanding a little bit, and you go, "Hey, I can go make that play." Mm -hmm. And he was doing that. I can only remember like two times where I thought "Mm, that might not have been the world's best shot, you know, or attempt or whatever. But but he was special that night. I, I just wish, you know, it would have worked out where some others were better early. And and again, once they kind of got some things, but they just they just didn't have a lot of movement. Uh, They just didn't have a lot of inside touches to start the game. They didn't shoot the ball very well. Part of that was they weren't getting really very good shots either. And give OU some credit; they they took advantage of it. They jumped out on them. You mentioned fifteen. It was I remember it being eight nothing and seventeen to five, like it was five minutes ago.
2: It's it's funny how you know the the slow starts. If this if those starts didn't exist, and we're not talking just the game on Saturday, the slow starts against Wichita State, against Nebraska, which they did overcome, right. but we've seen lulls in games as well, with you know Marquette to be exact. If you take away just a few of those lulls that we've had, K State's not eight and four; they're ten and two. Yeah. And this is a team that might be receiving votes, like, and they and I think they're that good. They can really compete in the Big Twelve. It doesn't matter if Marquise Noel is out. That's K-State. He's been one of K-State's best players. Tanner Groves, who's been Oklahoma's best player, was out. If they both played, you might actually have a similar game. Sure. Depending on how good K-State's bigs could defend. Tanner Groves, we'll find that out later in the year. Eliminate the lulls, and you have a much different season, and you're probably still feeling a lot better about K-State, even though I'm still feeling pretty
3: good about it. You know, it's a long season, and there are you know nights when some guys are just going to be off a touch. And I, I just have to say this. I'm not picking on anyone, but it's reality. Unfortunately for Kansas State, too, in addition to the other guys starting slowly, both five men had really bad nights. That put a lot of pressure on everybody else. And I think, in my opinion, tell me what you guys think. If you agree with this, fine. If you don't, that's okay, too. But I think because of that, it makes what Mark did even more incredible Mm -hmm. because not a lot was going right. And he just kind of threw everybody on his shoulder and said, let's go, and and, and kept them in the game. You know, they're, they're still down 33-22 at half or whatever it was, and, and you didn't feel like, eh, you know, there's a lot of juice there. You better be bringing it in the
0: second half. Unfortunately, they did and gave themselves a chance. One of the things I'm always amazed about is that you get a late announcement that a player or two will be out, and the opponent who has prepared the entire week for that winds up having an off game. It's, you've screwed up their preparation. <laughs> sure, just, you know, and, and, and that's an adjustment that young players really uh, have a tough time making.
3: Let me just say that is, in my opinion, that's a sensational point. And here's why. When you said that, the first thing that clicked into my mind was right back to game day at the shoot-around. We had heard that there would be two to three players out for Oklahoma. You know, those kind of things start to leak out as, as we get to game day. You know, but you can't take anything for gospel. But here's the deal: we didn't know which three, right? I mean, it could have been two walk-ons and the eighth man. You don't know that, but now you get to it, and here we are. And they spent so much time at that shoot-around working on Tanner Groves because, when for those who haven't seen him, he is a very unique talent. In in that he's about six nine ish. He's about two thirty five. He's not the world's best athlete, but he does really everything well, uh, meaning he can shoot it out to 20 feet. He's a good rebounder. He's excellent handles. He's excellent passing. And he's just a nice – I'll say it another way. Bruce Weber compared him, in a way, a hard guard to a guy like Dean Wade because Dean could step out and do so many things at, at his size. So – you're dealing with it, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's not there. <laughs> right. It was weird. It, Tanner
2: Groves is just an absolute animal. It's How tall is he? Is he 6'10"?
3: I think 6'9", probably. 6'9". Yeah, he well, could, maybe 6'10", but i think he's stretching in a scope. He, he
2: definitely would have been a handful for yeah. Casey and also Davion. There's no doubt about that. Plus, yeah. I mean, he's a guy that can battle you inside, but he's a three-point shooter as well. Like, what, 40%, 41% yeah. from three? Yeah,
3: and that's the other thing that they do. And who's he's going to guard that. They shoot, they shoot the ball well uh and and with porter Mosier they're defending but and nothing against coach Kruger. coach Kruger's won 670 some games but they, they were there i think they were giving up only about 56 57 points a game going into our game so you knew it was going to be one of those grinder type games and it was
2: let's get your thoughts on lsu
3: yeah and this game tomorrow
2: uh eight what eight fifteen is that uh, it, yeah roughly official yeah. kickoff time yeah. down at nrg stadium in houston um I, I tell you what, last update I heard, LSU has 39 scholarship players that'll be dressing for this game. We don't know exactly who's going to be playing quarterback. Just so many question marks at, for LSU. It, it's really hard to just kind of pinpoint what they're going to be in this game.
3: Well, it certainly is. And, and I, I got another dose of that today, you know, doing a, a round of interviews with the guys, you know, that I got in yesterday. Had a really nice meal with some friends last night. Didn't I really wasn't around many of the football guys, but saw a lot of great K-State people in the hotel and that kind of stuff. But I, I was around a lot of the football guys today, and it really is a unique thing when you start talking about LSU. There's such great respect that K-State has for their talent, and and what they've accomplished. Big name, you know, national champion not that long ago. All of those kind of things. And, and yet, with that said, it, it feels different and strange to, to be on the eve of the game, uh, just a hair over, what, 28 hours away mm-hmm. or whatever, and you don't know who's, who they're going to trot out there at quarterback for the right. first time. And you guys know college football or p- football period. You know what? If you have a good quarterback, you can win it, it, at any level in, in football. So does that mean they'll roll the dice and play Nussmeyer? Does it mean we'll see the wide receiver who hasn't ever played quarterback at LSU? Will we see the the walk-on? Flip a coin, don't know. Uh, But Joe Klanderman said to me today, we've gone over a lot of different things, and you have to be ready for everything. And then he said, and then you have to be
0: ready to adjust on the fly. I that, think that's the key. That's the benefit, though, of also having a lengthier time to prepare. Absolutely. If, the, if this game was back on the thirty-first or even earlier than that, sure, uh, there wouldn't have been as much time to prepare and look into those other things. This is where yeah, because uh,
3: this just didn't happen two minutes ago. This right. has been for weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's a good point.
2: Well, and then the latest one to, to jump into the the. Uh Declare for the NFL draft was a running back, Ty Davis-Price. To me, that was kind of their big backbreaker. That was the one guy that was going to play in this game that thought that he could he could carry the football and maybe give them a fighter's chance, which I'm not saying they don't have a fighter's chance to compete with K-State, but he was the, that last name that I thought offensively could make an impact, but now they're a running back who has over a 1,000 yards. He is now not going to be playing in this game. So well, offensively, I'm just hands up in the air. Right. Who knows who we're going to even see out there rush the football, uh, throw the football. Wide receivers, they still have most of them, but Well, here, who's going to throw it? It's a
3: good point, too, because let's look at it from this perspective. Let, let's think about not what they don't have or what's missing, but think what they do have for a moment. And what they do have is like with K-State, with the, the healthiest Skyler Thompson in months, they have their offensive line about as in good a shape as, as it's been all season long, even back to August. And this is a bunch that when you look at the numbers, it isn't going to wow you. I mean, they're you know three three and a half yards a carry or whatever, but their offensive line is very good. Uh, they're athletic. They're big. You know, in visiting with some of the coaches today, I think the the hard part is is individually they're tough enough that when you pull a guard and try try to get somebody to the outside or give a crease for Deuce or something like that, that that guy pulling and the other guy there, you you need to have some separation. They're good enough athletically to not allow that that little crease, right? Now, they're not going to do it 100% of the time. You see what I'm saying? But but you start with that. You start too with from my perspective at least, with okay, Ty Davis Price is out. Kiner's good enough. There's no doubt about that. All those other receivers, if the quarterback, here's the key, if the quarterback's good enough, whoever that is, to pitch it around even a little, to mm-hmm. to make you somewhat conscious of, of the pass game. You know their run game becomes even more difficult to stop.
2: I was talking to Chris Blair last week. He's the play-by-play voice for the Atlanta Tigers. Nice job, by the way. Yeah. And, well, and he brought up. I, I asked him. You know, six and six season. You really good wins in there, but also some losses. You would definitely want to have another had a, another crack at it if you were playing well. And I asked him. You know, basically, what's the main storyline from that success and in, in some of those losses? He said it starts with the offensive line. Yeah. When they're playing well. We win football games. Against Florida, when Ty Davis-Price had over 200 yards rushing, had a huge day. Yeah. Offensive line played its best game. But when they don't play well, that's when they break down and not and they are not successful. So, yeah, the offensive line is very good. They're big, physical. We heard the word physical a lot. multiple times <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> leading up to this bowl game, and they're talking about that offensive line. So, yeah. LSU, again not sure exactly how successful they're going to be just a lot of question marks but also defensively you know they're what top 15 50 in uh in college football stopping the run
3: oh yeah and, yeah. They're, and
2: they're missing some guys too but they sure. do have a little bit more experience i think
3: this is pretty typical of the k-state thing if you really want to know the truth you and and to be honest the last i looked k-state was slightly favored Mm-hmm. i don't I don't know if that's still the case but they they've been kind of the slight you, mitch is going to look here and yep. keep curious, make yeah. sure we're good but but here's the point though okay let's let's say it's an even 50 50 game or whatever okay you're still underdog k state <laughs> against big boy LSU you're not going to change that right <laughs> right and, and and all of our football players that were on that stage today are motivated
0: by that yeah. Agree? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They they know how they're viewed as opposed to how LSU yeah. is viewed. And it
3: doesn't mean they're arrogant about it. I, no. I think they accept it. But 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 I think it, it's it's kind of one of those things where, you know, let, let's go show them who we are. You yeah. know, let, let's let's go show them who we are.
2: K State is really close to one hundred percent. Skyler, you talked to him at the at the uh, pep rally. Got one of the, one of the happiest, cheer- <laughs> no doubt about it, the happiest <laughs> responses from this crowd. You said healthy. And Skylar said I'm 100%. Yeah. And the place lit up. Oh, yeah. They were excited to hear Skylar Thompson's going to have one more go. <laughs> Deuce Vaughn, it sounds like Jerron McPherson is going to be out there tomorrow, which is really good news. I think the, maybe K-State's missing one linebacker. And Nick, is it Nick Allen that's not going to play? Yeah, Nick Allen will He's definitely out. be out. Yeah, he, yeah, but other than that, I think, and, of course, uh, Khalid Duke, who's been right. out for quite a while yeah. now. but
3: yeah. And let me just add there. Now, I will say this. I, I think there is some cautious optimism about Jerron. Okay. Could he play? Yes. Is it still possible that he would not? I would say probably. Okay. Not probably. Yes. Possible. <clears throat> so you're looking at a – it was described to me as maybe game time-ish, maybe a little bit prior to that. Uh, so so it would – but I'm with you, buddy. I mean, if he could go, that would be a, a major bonus. This, this kid – I mean, you saw on the stage that the, the, the players respond to Jerron He's he's one of the leaders. He's one of the best football players on the team. It would be it would be awesome to have him against a team like that, no doubt. They will not have Nick Allen, uh, and Cody Fletcher's been kind of dinged up, but I think he's yeah. going to give it a go. And uh, t- to answer the, your spread
2: question a week ago, today it was at three and a half for K State. Uh-huh. Cats are now a seven-point favorite. Really? To, yeah. And I'm sure the Ty Davis price news had a little something to oh, do I'll with bet that, so. and, yeah. and uh, maybe the waiver not being granted for Garrett Nussmeyer. Uh, will be a factor as well. One more question for you, and I'll let you go. Uh, I've been getting a lot of uh, Twitter messages, messages on Facebook, Instagram, all everywhere you can find, texts. They want to <laughs> know where the party's at here in Houston. <laughs> where, Where is the watering hole everybody's meeting up? Because that was never really established. It was never really organized. And the, the big reason is because I think a lot of people are a little bit hesitant to come down here because they've heard some football games, some uh, – games and also some games in the NFL have been affected because of the latest variant of COVID-19, and some maybe were a little bit worried LSU would not come through and play this game. So there's some hesitation, but it sounds like
3: it's going to happen for now. So that's good news. But uh,
2: where's the party at?
3: Well, well, let me just say this about the game first. Okay. Um, You have to go into it hoping that it's played because you just don't know. We just don't. Those last minute testing things can surprise you. Yeah. <laughs> they can surprise you in a good way and or not in a good way. With that said, I'm just going to be as blunt as I can be, Mr. Fortner. You are asking the absolute <laughs> worst person in the world where the big party is tonight. I will ha- I will be as far away from that as humanly possible. <laughs> I'm just being I'm just being honest about that. So, here's what I would suggest you do. Um you know all of the the media crew. Uh, text one of those guys that actually know, because I'm I'm not trying to be funny in any way. I I don't know. I just don't.
0: Tonight tonight is the night he's pouring over notes. Yeah. <laughs>
3: well, you know what? We're, I'm going to go out with some friends. Good. We'll have a nice dinner. Um, and the best part is is um tomorrow is a little more laid back. Today was yep. pretty hectic yep. for me. Uh, yep. But. But tomorrow we have an opportunity to get to the stadium early and enjoy that experience and visit with Chris uh, in person. Uh, Brian Estridge, my friend at TCU, is mm-hmm. doing national radio for the game. I'll probably okay. try to catch up with him a little nice. bit. So. Yeah, it'll, it'll, be a, it'll be a long day, but it'll be a fun day, and let, let's see if the old cats can go get her done. Voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson here on Wildcat Insider. Sir, I appreciate your time. My pleasure, guys. Good being on with you. Happy New Year. Yes, sir. Same to you. All
2: right, again, Texas Bowl coming up tomorrow at 8.15 from NRG Stadium. Power K game day is at 4 in the afternoon. We'll continue our coverage here on Wildcat Insider. Coming up next, hearing from... The uh Is it going to be just one-time or is it going to be a full-time gig? We'll see. Colin Klein, who's going to be the offensive coordinator for this game, you're going to hear from the old quarterback next here on Wildcat Insider. Wildcat Insider continues. News Radio KMAN, Mitch Fortner and Troy Coverdale. Big thank you again to Wyatt. Stopping by after the pep rally to talk to us about K-State men's basketball and also the pep rally and, uh you know, the bowl game that we're all here in Houston for anyway which is tomorrow night in RG Stadium against the LSU Tigers. Again, Mitch and Troy with you. And an interesting development for this game against LSU is for former K-State quarterback and quarterbacks coach Colin Klein, And that is he has taken over the play-calling duties for Courtney Messingham, who is no longer with the team. This is kind of seen as a little bit of a tryout for Colin Klein, who is certainly in the mix for the next offensive coordinator position. But he will get his opportunity against the LSU Tigers, and he's got to be feeling pretty good that he's got, you know, Skylar Thompson as his quarterback, his running back is Deuce Vaughn, a solid offensive line. Colin Klein is ready for this opportunity, and right now you're going to hear Colin Klein yesterday with the media for K-State.
1: What's this experience been like for you, Colin? Oh, it's been a tremendous honor. First of all, you know, it's. Uh, uh, you know, shoot. It's kind of been a uh, you know t- tough situation at times, a little bit, you know. But um, you know, it's about finishing strong, and, and it's been a great opportunity for uh, for growth and learning. And, and the main focus is, has been trying to again just finish for our seniors and uh, you know execute well, have a good plan, and, and so they're able to play fast and, and uh, finish this thing the right way. Coach Byman said yesterday that he just wanted you to have fun. Is this fun in way? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, shoot, as, as, a, as a player, as a coach, as a kid, I mean, you, you know, it's, uh, it's always something you dream about of being able to, uh, you know, call a game, you know, and, and uh, just, again, uh, honored and humbled that, uh, you know, he's given me the opportunity and, and just want to focus and finish for the team.
0: How much are you able to mix up the offense this late in the season with just a month to, to work with?
1: you know not too much i mean we've we've done a couple things but um you know we're again it's it's about trying to keep things as uh, as simple as possible while still uh making a few tweaks here and there just so they can play fast and and play confident and, and finish this thing
0: fish yeah. Snyder let you call your own plays on the field do you think that
1: helps you now you know I, I think it's something as as a quarterback you just it's kind of part of you you know you're constantly thinking that way and and uh, no, there's no doubt it absolutely helped. Every, every rep and opportunity you get like that adds to your experiences for sure. You've been in a
2: previous position with previous staff. What was your learning experience from that?
1: You know, I, I think uh, the more you learn, the more you can learn, the more you realize that there is to learn, um, you know? And so I think that's been, uh, it's been, it's been great for me getting a new system around new ball, around really good football coaches um you know being around mess i mean mess was uh phenomenal for me and and uh a dear friend and, and really helped me grow a lot and so uh you know being around all these guys and uh different system learning growing has has been re- very good how comfortable is it having an experienced quarterback to, to call the players for that helps there's no doubt uh no it's skylar and i've obviously have worked together for a long time and are very close and um trying to send him out the right way. What has Skyler meant to you? Uh, I don't know if we got time for all that, <laughs> but uh, but no, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal young man. Uh, his maturity, his toughness, his consistency, his um, working with him every day has, has been, uh, he's impacted me as much as I hope I've impacted him, truly, and he's, uh, he, he's, he's a special one.
0: The fact that it's this is one of the last bowl games is you got a little extra time Has that maybe made it a little bit easier to to ease into this thing
1: it's definitely helped uh, it's been uh um you know shoot every minute you get right is 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 a benefit so uh the extra time to prepare i think uh getting some guys healthy i think uh, on all all fronts it's been a good thing for us
0: and would you normally have uh regardless of the, the staff change, you guys normally may be throwing some of those tweaks for the bowl game anyway, or?
1: Probably, you know, you know w- w- with that time, um, you know, you're able to let the dust settle a little bit and, and get healthy and, and have time to look at some, uh, some of the details and numbers of things that, you know, as, as you go, but, uh, you know, again, it's uh, uh, trying to keep things simple too, for these guys, so they can play fast and, and, and play confident.
0: Colin, how different does the running back situation look now that you've had a couple transfers before this game?
1: Yeah, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, obviously we're, we're aware of and on top of, but uh, obviously Deuce has been very durable and he's, he's played a lot of snaps. So I'm uh, going to ride him and, and uh, you know, he'll carry us. And, and uh, you know, Chippers has done a good job. Jordan's done a good job with us and, and uh, you know, he's ready to go. So
0: and after this game's over, if, if Coach Clement considers you for the full-time gig, what would that mean to you?
1: You know, I'm not worried about that right now. I uh, Truly, I, I want to finish. I want to play as good a game as we possibly can, as clean a game as we possibly can. And and however it ends up going from there, you know, that's uh, that's in the Lord's hands and whatever happens, happens. But it's about K-State and what's best for K-State and finishing this thing right.
3: Finish out this thing right. I mean, um, what do you see in Skyler this
1: week? Uh, first of all, I'm just so grateful that he has that opportunity, um, you know, and, and the student-athlete journey and experience is, is full of of a lot of ups and downs, you know. And so, being able to finish and have a chance to play and compete one more time, uh, you know, I'm really happy for him that he gets to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, just getting after it is is a big part of that. But uh, um, you know, we got to make sure that we're you know on our stuff too. So. We'll what, what's that the time a more.
2: what's the dynamic like in these offensive meetings now? Where like you know, it used to be you and like Coach Anderson, and Coach Riley were the same, and now you're kind of technically you're you know you're their boss.
1: Yeah, no, it's you know it, it's a group effort. Mm-hmm. You know it it was before as well, which is which has helped that obviously, and and all of us know, and, and and I'm so fortunate to to be around such high character people that they know it's about the team, they know it's about these kids, and and uh, making sure that we finish this thing the right way, and. And, uh, you know, make it the best we can.
2: That was from yesterday. K-State quarterback coach Colin Klein, who will now be the uh, interim offensive coordinator. He's calling the plays tomorrow in the Texas Bowl against LSU. Wildcat Insider rolls on when we come back. Mitch Fortner and Troy Coverdale up next. Boy, we got to talk about these cats that pulled off the upset yesterday against number 10 Baylor. Does that win? put K-State women's basketball into the top 25. We'll tell you about it next here on Wildcat Insider. From the Miller Outdoor Theater in Houston, Texas, Wildcat Insider continues on K-Man. This was the location just a few moments ago. The K-State Texas Bowl pep rally took place, hosted by Wyatt Thompson. A number of players spoke. A number of K-State representatives as well were on stage. We had it on K-Man here beginning at 3 o'clock. Got to tell you, it was a lot of fun. Cody Fletcher, dropping a line from the rock from back in the day. Certainly made me pop for that (laughs) reference. Uh, But the biggest pop I got to say for, I want to say for the entire K-State academic year so far. To me, this is by far the biggest win for K-State this year. And that was what K-State women's basketball did against number 10 Baylor yesterday in Bramwich. K-State. Now eleven and two on the season, their losses come to South Carolina and NC State, a couple of top five teams. They're now nine and zero in Bramlage after taking down number ten Baylor, sixty eight to fifty nine. Mitch Fortner and Troy Cordero back with you. K State, that's their first win against Baylor since two thousand and four. Kim Mulkey, we all know that she has had that team on a dominant force. She's now at LSU, coaching the women's basketball team there, and doing pretty well. But as the head coach of Baylor, that Kim Mulkey era—I mean, Baylor was on another stratosphere. That was a, that team was insane. But most of the pieces that Kim Mulkey had at Baylor are still there. Nalissa Smith is the best rebounder in the country. Nobody grabs more rebounds than Nalissa Smith. She averages 14 rebounds a game, in case they held her to seven. That was just a, a a small piece of the success K State had against Baylor.
0: Not only that, but getting off to a great start in the ballgame and holding Baylor scoreless or without a field goal until two fifty six of the first quarter. That's that's amazing to do against a team that literally was among the best in the country a year ago even.
2: That's kind of interesting. A good start is is, is how you oh, can beat good teams.
0: Imagine that. Yeah, I know.
2: I didn't make things awkward there at the Ice family uh, basketball facility there. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to, guys. I didn't mean to, but, uh, man, I, I, Aoka Lee, oh. 32 points. But the thing is, so she had four points just in the first half. A couple of fouls, kept her time limited, and so you're seeing a lot of Taylor Lauterbach. But 28 points in the second half for K-State. But how about this? Lee, she actually set a school record for most points in in a quarter by an individual, 19 in the third quarter. But Not just that. I mean, Serena Sundell, 10 points and had six assists in the game. She always has a nice assist line for sure. But I want to point this out as well. So defensively, you can't be a great team without having great defense. K-State and Baylor both have really good defenses. As a matter of fact, they're neighbors when it comes to the stat of field goal percentage defense k-state 12th baylor 13th right around 33 and a half percent but even though baylor holds teams to shooting 33 and a half percent a game k-state still shot 51 percent in that game there were a lot of turnovers i don't know (laughs) if you saw those turnovers but there are way too many Maybe it's part of just these good defensive teams. K State had twenty three, Baylor had twenty two. At least that was pretty even.
0: One of the things that stands out as well as you brought up Aokalee's uh, performance in the game, being able to outscore an opponent literally by herself in a quarter nineteen seventeen. Yeah,
2: very good nineteen
0: seventeen. Yes. That's that again, playing all American caliber basketball.
2: I, I've said it multiple times this season so far. Jeff Mitty has this team cooking. And it's not just for, like, this season. I mean, this is being developed. A couple of really great recruits coming in next year. I mean, this is brewing into long-term success. This has been building for a while with Aoka Lee now in her third season. So she's still got years of eligibility remaining. Mm -hmm. But there's these freshmen, the, the, the Glenn sisters, Serena Sundell, who have been very...
0: Sundell continues to amaze me how good she has been handling the basketball as a true freshman.
2: Of course the veterans you have you know Emily Ebert who has been so good she knocked down a clutch three in that game against Baylor and uh, Frankfurt Kansas kid I mean she's she's really kind of doing it all for K State. Uh, Simone Goodrich, um, Laura Mackey that's a couple of seniors who are just uh, they've laid the foundation helped l- lay this foundation I mean things are really looking good for K State women's basketball right now. however, the question is, a team that wasn't in the top 25 going into this game, they beat number 10 Baylor. Surely they're in the top 25.
0: (laughs) They are not.
2: They are not in the top 25 in the latest poll that came out. They are ranked in the receiving votes category. If you look at the votes, they're number 29. But here's the, the situation as well. Baylor drops from 10 to 14. But K-State, who's not re- even receiving votes, doesn't can't jump into the top 25. I, I want to go back. Uh, I'll, I'll get to you here, Troy, here in just a second. I know you got something really good to say. But I just want to go back to what Jeff Minnie told us here on the show last week. For some reason, the voters in women's basketball, those that vote, don't play close enough attention. Voters you better start playing close attention because this K-State team's pretty good.
0: One of the things that stands out to me, not only when you look at what this team is accomplishing now, they're doing it a year after they struggled, historically struggled. And Mitty has been able to do that with a, the roster overhaul. He's doing it with young players. It, it's an amazing turnaround that's getting started right now with this program, and it's a lot of fun to watch. You mentioned baylor dropping to 14 where did oregon wind up this week
2: Uh, i'm not sure
0: okay i don't have that That, answer for you so but at this point you're talking that k-state has gone two and two against nationally ranked teams think about that for a moment
2: yeah when when k-state beat oregon oregon was 23rd in the Mm -hmm. coaches uh oregon is they're not ranked
0: okay But again, the the point being, you're talking about a team now that has gone two and two against nationally ranked teams, and performed decent, given the situations, playing at number one South Carolina and at then number five North Carolina State. You know, in both of those games, they their youth showed, because let's face it, they were facing two of the best in the country. That's great experience for them. You know, and, and I still say even you take the game at South Dakota State in Brookings, and that is never an easy place to go in there with their women's basketball program.
2: And K-State in that game had seven players. Right. Remember that, because three players, including the, the Glenn sisters, and Taylor Lauterbach, those three, who Lauterbach is Aokalee's backup at the five, who's actually an inch taller than Yoki. She's 6'7". And uh, they, they were out because of uh, the flu mm-hmm. that was going around, and K-State found a way to get it done. That was also the game, I do believe, that the uh, the Jackrabbits got, like, their best player or players back Correct for that game. Yeah, K-State got it done with seven players, and they were down, like, seven points in the second half.
0: By the way, there's a great video piece done by the folks at, uh, at Midco Sports on her and her family, literally rigged up the upper floor of a barn, with oh, basketball yeah. court and shooting, really yeah. sweet video.
2: Up next for the K-State women, they take their 11-2 and record. They visit Oklahoma State Wednesday at 6.30. We also hope to be uh, talking with Jeff Mitty lot, or, or on our normal time Thursdays at 4.40 on the game. One more segment of Wildcat Insider here in the first hour. In the second hour, you're going to be hearing from K-State quarterback Skylar Thompson. But up next, another K-State, or I should say another Big 12 quarterback today, just moments ago, entered the transfer portal that name to you next here on wildcat insider wildcat insider from houston texas news radio kman mitch fortner and troy coverdale we're going to be also with you from five to six another hour coming from houston the site from the pep rally just moments ago but we end our number one wildcat insider going to a, a recent story that just developed here in the last hour out of the big 12 A quarterback is in the transfer portal, and it's out of Oklahoma. Maybe a little bit of a surprise, maybe not. It's how you look at it. But Caleb Williams, freshman, QB, is going to transfer away from Oklahoma. He does it after the bowl game, after the win against Oregon down in San Antonio. But his name is now in the transfer portal. Made that known on social media earlier today. Just what an hour, hour and a half ago, Troy, and
0: uh, during the pep rally. Yeah,
2: he's uh, the second OU quarterback to leave because Spencer Rattler, after the regular season, says he's gone. He's now on his way to South Carolina. But well, what's interesting, Kayla Williams was on hand for when Brent Venables was announced, like the big big party they basically mm-hmm. had the big party mm-hmm. press conference and for the the people there in norman he was there front and center for that introductory festivities for brett venables
0: look at it this way he made himself available for the bowl game did not opt out did not do any changing to his status to participate in that bowl game under you know what is kind of a hodgepodge in terms of their coaching staff but he got a feel for what's coming in with Brent Venables as coach and then elects to go ahead and put his name in the portal but says he's also open to basically going back to Oklahoma so it's a matter where Brent Venables now knows where he has to recruit and it's his own quarterback room to start with
2: yeah we just saw with Miles Brandon for LSU who entered the portal he's actually coming back to LSU so that is on the table for for uh, Kayla Williams, but you know, he can't talk to other teams without first entering the portal. Right. So there it is for you, but he is uh, maybe looking to go somewhere else now that Lincoln Riley is no longer with the team. He is on his way to USC. Well, we got a whole hour or two of Wildcat Insider coming up here in just a few moments. We're going to hear from K-State quarterback Skylar Thompson, but coming up next we look into LSU. It's the preview of LSU and K-State of the Texas Bowl next on Wildcat Insider.